Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 55 for Monday, September 2nd, 2019. My name is Johnny, but the internet knows me as Pixelriffs, and joining me, as always, is my good friend Joel Duggan. Hello, Joel. Happy Labor Day to you, sir. Indeed, likewise. Uh, here we are working, as the name suggests, and uh, <laughs> no, it's always always a pleasure to be here on The Spawn Chunks chat about Minecraft. I agree, I agree. And we want to kick off the top of the show by thanking all of our lovely patrons, the Spawnchunk members uh, over at the Patreon page, which is at patreon.com slash the Uh Continue to support the show. This is the top of the month where Patreon is doing all the, the charging and the money stuff. And uh, it's always a, a point where we like to just take a pause and say thanks to everybody that has uh, supported the show. Just between episodes, we had unlocked the Chunk Mail Dispenser landmark. Uh, chances are we're probably going to land on, on the right side of that again. Uh, currently, uh, as we find during the month rollover when Patreon is processing all those charges, sometimes the display of how many patrons we and where we are with our goals kind of displays funky for a couple of days. So if you are visiting the website and you're like, hmm, the chunk mail dispenser is not unlocked, it should be. Uh, we're just hoping that everything lands correctly. Um, but should it land the way we want, uh, the chunk mail dispenser has actually undergone a few changes. We are going to be adding a special episode once a month, probably the second week of each month, where we forego the uh, discussion section and focus on more listener email. So we'll have m m a bunch of little discussions centered around uh, emails and ideas that you guys send in. Uh, a reminder to keep those emails short and to the point related to topics that we discuss on the show and encourage discussion. That's an excellent way to kind of get your stuff out there on uh, on the, the internet and, and part of the show. Uh, if you are a patron, then you get access to the pre-show, which is the render distance, where we just spend a little bit of time talking about the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. So if you like to hear extended stuff like that, then check out patreon.com slash the chunks. I'm kind of interested in the Dark Crystal now. I know nothing about the original movie, but I'm I'm kind of tempted to dive in and at least use it for a little bit of inspiration for Minecraft builds, if nothing else, because it's in it seems like a fun world to explore. Inspiration is the name of the game. Even if you can't mm -hmm. directly translate what you're seeing into Minecraft or or do any kind of like man, Minecraft fine uh, fan art, well, that's hard to say. Um, it's just it's just so imaginative that it it, it will get your creative juices flowing 100. Yeah. percent and seeing so many things like it, it's a lot of puppetry involved. It's kind of Jim Henson productions. So everything there has been kind of hand built by people. And that feels kind of similar in an arts and crafts way to building something in Minecraft to me. It's kind of getting in there and, and, and building something from scratch just from your imagination. Absolutely. So and I feel like the two sort of go hand in hand, really. Yeah. And I mentioned this in the pre-show and I'll mention it again here just because we did bring it up and that it is probably a 10 to 12 year old plus show, not for little kids. Like it's it's pretty scary in place too spooky yeah yeah it's pretty spooky think like nightmare before christmas kind of stuff it can it can be a little bit irky mm -hmm. um and speaking of people supporting a good cause uh if, if you want to think of this show as a good cause um i spent my weekend raising money for charity uh, so we we did a live stream on Saturday. Myself and my wife play Minecraft together for the first time. I mentioned this briefly at the uh, the, the end of last week's show, but if you guys missed that, we were raising money for the Estrella Foundation, uh, and we're also donation matching for a separate charity of our own choice. And we spent a, a whole bunch of time on Saturday, like six hours, I think we were there for the, the live stream. Uh, in theory, we were playing Minecraft, but in reality, we 
got a lot we got sidetracked doing a lot of other stuff because a lot of the donations and stuff at certain amounts we were kind of rewarding people by like you know either have us eat some kind of jelly beans with gross flavors or um we could draw something for people really fast and i'm terrible at drawing so <laughs> that was really funny for people um and and uh, if, if anybody donated a certain amount we would like swap accents because she's american and i'm british so that was kind of fun and embarrassing in equal measure um but we ended up raising over three thousand dollars which was absolutely phenomenal i want to thank anyone who from the spawn chunks community who came out and supported that uh we're really really happy with it we're definitely going to do it again although probably not for a while because i am still exhausted oh, <laughs> from wow. that um but maybe next time we might try and uh, get stuff a little bit more in the game. Uh, we had people having like names put up on signs and like they could choose something that we threw into lava and that kind of stuff. But we might try and get a few more sort of in-game things so that we can stay concentrated on the game itself. But nice. overall, we had a lot of fun. The upshot of that is that when we reached our donation goal, which was $1,000, so we reached that very, very quickly, I promised that I would do an episode of the Minecraft Survival Guide in Bedrock Edition. <laughs> so because we overshot our, mile, uh, our our sort of like milestone goals so much uh, I am now doing a full week of Bedrock Edition videos and this week I'm aiming to get all of the achievements in Minecraft Bedrock Edition for Windows 10. There are 103 achievements so there's wow. quite a lot of stuff to do. Uh, I, As of today I already have I think about 23 of them uh, so I'm, I'm about quarter of the way there so far and it's going to be a lot of fun some some of the early stuff of course is like the early advancements in java edition so it's just like make a crafting table make a pickaxe make a better pickaxe get some iron uh yeah find diamonds go to the nether that kind of stuff and then there it sort of branches out in a different direction and some of the achievements there are ones that java players might be familiar with from before advancements because they were all quite similar and then there's some which are completely out there and maybe even just unique to Bedrock Edition in that they maybe couldn't be done in Java. Um, there's a few different things going on. And it's weird playing in Bedrock Edition again. Uh, I'm going to be doing it for this week and then I'm going straight back to the world and carrying on with what I was doing. What I was doing was I caved and started the ski village <laughs> after saying <laughs> after saying I was going to put it off. Uh, but when, when my wife and I were practicing for this live stream we uh set up like our own world just a completely separate world and uh we we sort of explored for a little bit she was getting used to the controls i was kind of guiding her through like well this is how you craft stuff and these are the tools you'll need and this is how you block with a shield so we don't get killed over and over again that kind of thing and we settled in a mega tiger biome and we started building a house that was kind of like a split a frame so like half of the slope ended up like a little bit lower than the other half of the slope and it has this quite modern sort of look and I went, I really want to build that in the survival guide world now, but it looks nothing like any of the houses that I've got in my medieval town. Would look really great as a ski lodge, though. And so <laughs> I ended up just going out into the snow biome and just starting to build it anyway, because I want to, like, earmark that project for later, but also because it was the first time I'd really done a build that looked a little bit more modern. So I did a bit of modern building, did a nice interior for it as well. And uh, that's what I've been doing up until this week. This week is going to be primarily dominated by bedrock edition but it's going to be a lot of fun and see people seem to be pretty excited about it considering that i normally just talk about java and tell them that they can't do this in bedrock something that's a little bit more bedrock focused seems like it's going to be a bit of fun for a change nice i'm curious it hasn't been super long since you've gone back to the day one in minecraft um it's been much longer for me like two and a half years so 
playing with your wife and doing that that day one stuff like how did you feel with all the new changes that have happened in the game was it an easy start was it hard to do it while explaining things you know it really didn't affect things all that much to be honest i think the early game is relatively unchanged we didn't even touch stuff like well we can make a smoker and a blast furnace to cook food faster like that doesn't really occur to us mm. at the time and uh most of it we started in a savannah and then we went into a desert so we didn't really have a whole bunch of wood and stuff we ended up taking over a desert temple to put like all the signs up with donating people's names and that kind of things and the only thing that we really saw that was super different was that the desert village we found was a little bit different. Uh, but that's kind of it. Like we didn't, it, we didn't have such a bizarre experience. And for her, it must have been a little bit more crazy because, um, like, she hasn't played Minecraft for like five years. We played together on Xbox a couple of times back in the day. Right. Uh, but but she, the, like, the coral reefs. We found we went and found a coral reef in the last hour of the stream. And she absolutely loved that because she's grown up by the sea. She's from California, from the Monterey Bay area. So she loves ocean life and that kind of stuff. And I was like, look, there's a coral reef and dolphins and turtles. And she was just like, ah, this is so cool. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it really felt all that different to having started Survival Guide in one point 13 mm. i imagine if you took a massive break from minecraft and then came back to it it would be a bit more of a shock to the system but for me it just felt like business as usual really right do, do you think you've created another monster in the household <laughs> no i don't think she she's not coming up to me saying like can we play again can we play again i think we will we'll potentially revisit that at some point and i'd like to go back to the uh the house that we built in the mega tiger and do a bit more stuff just kind of offline casually but mm -hmm. i have so little time to do that in amongst doing all of the other video production stuff i do that uh yeah i, I doubt we'll find all that much time for it and she's got other stuff she wants to do as well so yeah yeah it's, it's, it's uh, tough too when when something becomes your part of your profession or your entire profession yeah. like you know do you want to do more of that when you're supposed to, when you're spending quality time with you know loved ones or do you want to do something else i mean at the same time like if you can rope it in where time that would be work time for you and usually away from family if you could bring family in on that more often then that's a win yeah right but then yeah. it's like well how do you fold that into something that's that's going to be usable for work but but using that as a charity thing is a, it sounds like it was obviously a, a very successful venture and probably a lot of fun too yeah it was great and it's it's one of those things that whenever she pops into my stream when she just kind of like pokes her head in on the webcam or whatever like everyone will always ask does your wife play minecraft like what does she think about what you do and it was kind of a nice thing to uh to kind of put that into action and be like well she doesn't play minecraft but let's see what happens when she does and mm. what what happened was mostly us running around a desert and eating really foul tasting jelly beans <laughs> <laughs> and you guys have done other co-streams before too right like you've done uh stardew yeah, we valley streamed, we streamed stardew valley before but that's that's a little bit more like easygoing and slow paced and like yeah. it, it's not like you have to build a house in the first 20 minutes otherwise stuff comes and kills you yeah so, uh, yeah it was a, a, a little bit more action required in, in and that has a that has a fly in the wall kind of podcast vibe where it's almost like people are just there to kind of hang out and watch you guys banter and and play stardew yeah. valley you know like as opposed to like there's they're not there for the tasks in the game they're there which is usually i find people are split they're there for streaming personalities but they're also there to see stuff in minecraft whereas yeah. i find like when i watch stardew valley while i am paying attention to what's going on in the game i'm usually more in tune with the banter um, yes. like is it your brother-in-law 
that you play with? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My brother-in-law, Rob, yeah. Yeah, so when you and Rob get on, on stream and do some Stardew Valley, like, I mean, I sort of know what's going on in Stardew Valley, but you guys are so far ahead from the early stages that I'm kind of lost. So I'm more listening to just you and Rob banter back and forth, which I yeah. find very funny, right? So so that's that's really cool. Um, any Any plans for more charity streams in the future? Uh, yeah, in the future at some point. I don't know exactly when. Uh, we'll probably keep it like a you know at least a every three months six months year kind of thing maybe because i think it's just um you know we don't want to take advantage of people's generosity too much and also it took a lot of organization behind the scenes just to like get everything together and make it happen we also want to look into some different um charity services for like stream integration because we use just giving which was a great website and um yeah it had like a set of donation alerts that you could integrate into your twitch stream through browser sources the same way you do with Streamlabs and obs but they didn't have really a lot of customization behind the scenes there wasn't a huge amount you could do some of them you couldn't even change the fonts and it would it was very frustrating when they gave you about three different fonts to work with and none of them really matched the stuff that i already had set up on my stream so yeah we might look into using other services maybe different charities that might be signed up with different like smaller but more streamer friendly services and yeah we'll see how we do but uh, yeah really happy with how successful it was thanks again to anybody from the podcast community who came out because uh, you guys killed it it was fantastic and we raised three times the amount we thought we were going to and yeah so we're, we're definitely going to try and do it again at some point awesome yeah how about you what have you been up to in minecraft this week so I did a combination of stuff. Uh, I really enjoyed doing the redstone for the flying machines last week on stream. Uh, and then I wanted to continue on, on with the farm and I kind of had to do some stream prep. Like I, I have more stuff I want to do, but I knew that there were some things that were just really complicated with the uh, collection system, uh, dealing with all of the drops that come from the fortress farm by uh, Nembon. And uh, having seen it, being made on uh, his video, but then also uh, watching Iskall85 do it on uh, Hermitcraft this season, I was like, I don't know if I really want to tackle this live on stream because I need to adjust it. Like I need to make some changes. I wanted to do some other stuff with it. Uh, I also set some arbitrary restrictions in that I'm trying to contain the farm within the the frame of the crossroads. So those big right, yeah. uh, nether rack or not netherrack, those nether brick pillars that go straight down into the lava, they kind of create this little cross, this little square section. And so I'm yeah. trying to contain all of the stuff inside that so I can just have this giant glass box that just goes straight down to bed, not to bedrock, but like, well, probably bedrock, bedrock, go all the way down to the bottom and just have this whole thing look like it's just part of the fortress. Like I'm not going to clear out the fortress. I'm going to yeah, slab so it. In, so it's... Integrate it into the surroundings sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, I'm not just building this farm. I'm actually trying to design some, some aesthetics to it. Uh, and so I had to adjust the way that this, uh, it's not a waterway. It's a, it, it uses slime blocks and pistons to push items along the edge of ice. And then they get picked up by the hoppers because you push them up against the ender chest first. So they kind of hang yeah. half on half off the block. Yeah, uh, and then go around that way because you can't use water streams in the Nether, of course, because water won't work, and uh, and you can't use a hopper chain because there's too many items. They just they overflow your filters and they just end up going into uh, like they just end up clogging the system. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. So then I decided I was going to plan for the future and and say, okay, well, I don't want to just put 
storage because there's going to be so many of these things. I'm ultimately going to have to take them out of this storage system and put them somewhere else. Well, what's the easiest way to have a deep storage is to make a shulker box loader, which I didn't know how to make. I've seen them made, but I didn't really understand the science behind them and how they work. So I went to go look some of those up. And I actually found uh, immediately, of course, you find, you know, Il Mango and, and you know, his very famous tutorials. But I also found a number of other um, smaller shulker box loaders, which I thought was very, very cool. Uh, one of them is by Golden Delicious. And it's unfortunately not something that I can use, but it's a two wide design and they're very small. And the one that I'm currently playing with is by uh, Seamus the Sage, S-A-M-O-S the sage on youtube uh, we will have a link in the show notes and it is only six by three tileable mm -hmm. and uh i was surprised now it still adds an awful lot of bulk because the standard item filter that everybody uses adds a bit of distance from the the item stream to your you know next phase but then yeah. you have to add an extra block because of quasi connectivity and there are pistons involved in um the in same as the shages um design so you can't have it too close so you still end up um putting it just as far away as you would any other shulker box loader because of um redstone torches and them powering air in front of them and that sort of thing yeah so uh it's really complicated i'm a little disappointed as to how narrow my collection room is going to be like the room that you enter where you're not there to use the farm you're just there to pick up stuff it's only going to be like five wide which feels mm -hmm. very narrow it's more of yeah. a hallway than than it is um a big sort of situation so i'm debating on whether i'm going to arbitrarily move it back because because of that extra distance that i have to go down i was like well it's just adding an extra hopper and that gives me an extra two blocks of width, right? Because it would push it back one block on either side. And then all of a yeah. sudden that's seven instead of five. And that starts to feel a little bit more like a room. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the problem is that it also has this redstone block that's at the very front of it. And I've tried other things and they don't seem to work. Like I've tried hard powering a block with a lever. That doesn't work. It has to be a redstone block for some reason. And I don't understand the redstone behind it. But the problem with the redstone block is that it sticks out into your room and it's really ugly. So I'm, I have to try and find a way to either incorporate the redstone block into the build or cover it or do something with it that, that actually works. Um, what's nice about the new design is that it utilizes a barrel instead of a chest to put right. your shulker box in super useful like very more, more useful. useful than i would have ever thought barrels yeah. would be but just yeah not, not having to have like a transparent block on top of it so you can open it is great precisely exactly the problem is that the barrel itself is brown and doesn't necessarily really work with the nether <laughs> yeah. brick and gray aesthetic that i have going on so it's a little bit tricky that way however i did um i was concerned because with the famous thing with El Mango's shulker box loader is that you can you can easily access and you and use a dropper to put um, shulker boxes into it. Like you can add a chest full of empty shulkers so that you can have more than just nine in the dropper or sorry the dispenser. Pardon me. Uh, that then puts out a new shulker when the the existing one is full. Uh, however, uh, with the um, Seamus the Sage design, you can still access it. You can still just walk right up and underneath the barrel, you can, if you leave it clear, you can see the dropper. 
or the dispenser. I'm going to do that a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. You can see the dispenser. And so I just thought to myself, this is really a small server. I'm, it's kind of a single player situation with me in terms of my content. So I don't need more than nine shulker boxes in there at a time. So yeah. I'm just going to forego the idea of having a ton of shulker boxes ready. I'm just going to have quick access where there's a flat trap door that when you walk close enough to it, a pressure plate flops it down and then you can see the dispenser behind it and just fill it up with, with um, shulker boxes. So I'm really excited about incorporating these two designs together. I'm just a little bit concerned at this point about how it's going to affect my vision for the aesthetic design of the farm. Um, yeah. I have to, I've done one live on the world and I want to try and do a couple of maybe in a creative situation to kind of see if I can move them back and forth and see what I might be able to, to get as far as the design before I put in the rest. The other thing is that I'm not going to be storing everything is because, um, uh, I was reminded that you can't filter out multiple items, which is annoying because I wanted to just for, just for the pure sake of completionism i wanted to filter out the golden swords and smelt them into nuggets i know it's not yeah. needed and it you know i would just if losing them is not really a giant thing but i would love to be able to do it and you can't because they're not the only non-stackable the other non-stackable yeah. is the stone sword from the um wither skeletons why stone swords go into smelters when they can't be smelted i don't know it's hopper input. Hopper input will put anything in a furnace input, even if you couldn't shift click it in or place it in there yourself as a player. And uh. I've I've been through the same thing. I've had I've had the same thing happen with um, a bunch of stuff. Like uh, I was doing the same thing with my gold farm. Now that I've got that set up, I have a bunch of blast furnaces smelting all the gold swords, and I was getting a problem where because I had two hoppers inputting into the same hopper that was supposed to filter out the rotten flesh if it put two rotten flesh in there at a time one of them would continue down the chain and it would end up in my blast furnaces even though you can't smelt rotten flesh into anything uh. and it was because like the hoppers were inputting it and the hoppers don't care they don't discriminate between like whether something can be smelted or can't um if you were putting it in there manually you wouldn't be able to do it but yeah the hoppers just do it automatically right so now i'm trying to figure out like i mean i'm just i've kind of bit the bullet and said all right fine you know, uh, stone swords and swords will just go in a single non-stackable item filter. They will just get thrown in the trash. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Whatever. I'll yeah. just, I'll, I'm going to make a spectacle out of it. I might have like it go into a big vat of lava that you can actually see them being spit out. <laughs> just out of spite. You're just yeah. like, curse yeah, yeah. you, go into the lava. Yeah, exactly. Burns. Yeah. And then yes. I'm going to, because I'm going to do the same thing with the rotten flesh because I have other rotten flesh sources on the server. I don't need yet another. <laughs> You're so like, I don't need this much. <laughs> exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have it on hand, but I'm also going to have it go like, it's not going to be shulker boxes. It's just going to be standard storage and anything beyond like two chests. I'm just going to like, the overflow is just going to go straight into the, into the, 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 the drink as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm the, the last part of all of this is that I'm going to build a super smelter between the fortress farm and the very nearby double blaze spawner. And it's all going to be powered by blaze rods. And I keep on mm -hmm. wondering, like, how on earth am I going to get all of these blaze rods into one spot? It's the nether. You can't use water stuff. So I'm going to try my best to come up with a very uh, cool looking and efficient way of packing blaze rods into mine carts and using uh, a really large furnace array powered by mine carts that are loading in the items loading out 
the items and loading in the fuel. And uh, I think what I want to do, instead of a shulker box loader for the blaze rods, they're going to be going straight into a uh, minecart chest. Yeah. And then that yeah. is going to, when it's full, it's going to depart and then it's going to go up and and dump everything at the smelter and then come back. And so while you're using this farm, you're just going to be constantly stocking your very nearby, like within loaded chunks, um, super smelter. So mm -hmm. I've, this one farm has kind of turned into a giant, giant project. Yeah. That's um, the cool thing, though, the cascading yeah. effect the, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Minecraft projects. You just kind of get that knock-on effect. And it, yeah. it, it always like amazes me how one idea, like, I want to build this giant farm, can just inspire the next seven or eight things you do in sequence just because yeah. it's it's convenient. And, like, why would you not do that? And I'm learning a lot. Like I'm, I'm. I, it's opened my eyes as to what I can maybe do with observers and pistons. Moving observers is crazy powerful. Like it's a really cool tool if you understand how they work. And yeah, uh, yeah I've, so I've been, I've been enjoying learning a lot. Like I could never come up with a design of the shulker box loader, but now that I've looked at one and dissected it and built it and really kind of taken the time to understand how it works, especially when it wouldn't work, like when I put the filter too close. I was like, why is this not working? And then I realized, oh, okay, it's because this piston is being powered unintentionally. And mm -hmm. once I understood why and how everything is happening, I really thought it was cool. Um, and the last little anecdote here is that I did not realize that you can pass redstone signal through a hopper. Uh, yeah. From like with observers. Like, mm -hmm. so an observer will shoot its one tick pulse into a hopper. And an observer will see that one tick pulse happening in a hopper. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, and I think it's it's because it's changing the state of the hopper from locked to yep, unlocked and exactly. so forth. And, and the observer on the other side is detecting that state change rather than it being like the actual redstone signal. Exactly. Through. And so what's yeah. brilliant about this is that that hopper serves two purposes. The lock unlock is what triggers the observers to then break and move the, the um, shulker box. But that hopper is also your pipe. Like that's also where your new material comes in. Yeah. So it's it's this multi-use pipe. The pipe is it's the input. It's also a trigger. Like it's it's a brilliant, brilliant design. So I uh, yeah, I'm learning learning about that made me think like, oh okay, hoppers are also not movable items. So like if you had a, a really tight piston build with sticky pistons and stuff like that, and you wanted something that would carry a redstone single signal, also had to be a pipe, but also not movable, then hopper is your is your choice. So anyway. That's that's my wisdom of the week. <laughs> Anybody who's allergic to redstone has probably turned the podcast off at this point, so we should probably move on to the news because we tend to get uh, a little technical here and there, but it's it's always fun. Um, and that are you putting a link to the shulker box loader in the show notes as well? So correct, uh, yeah. So people can find that if they want to. Anyway, uh, speaking of show notes, there will be a link in the show notes to Minecraft.net where we have Minecraft snapshot nineteen W thirty five. A this week with a few changes to B's but the blurb at the start of this article is also worth reading because it says quote last week we brought you the B's and a lot of you have all been asking us what the entire update will be themed around well B's are only one half of it the other is bugs we want to take things a little slower this update and get things right so from now until the end of the year we are committing to bringing you all a better Minecraft experience with less bugs 
and more frames. The rest of the changelog goes on to list bees now trying to avoid water, bee nests being more rare, bee nests not spawning unless there is air in front of the front side of the nest so bees can get out. If a player tries to sleep in a bed that's occupied by a villager, the villager is now kicked out so you can actually steal a bed from a villager if you need to sleep. Uh, and a couple of bugs fixed. Bugs of note that we decided to put in the show notes here are uh, missing server-side check in Enderman Teleport and trees spawning from saplings being able to have bee nests. Those have both been fixed as well. So going back to the, the first part of that changelog, or at least the, the, the sort of blurb that accompanied it, it seems like they've mentioned... I mean, for a start, it's great that they are saying they're committing to improving the experience they know that 1.14 has been a buggy update there's lag issues and frame rate issues and performance issues kind of across the board for servers for single player it's affecting more or less everybody at this point uh and so it's good that they are saying they've committed themselves to improving the technical aspect of the game on the back end so that player experience can be better this is talking specifically about java minecraft of course although you know i imagine the bedrock team is probably taking note as well however it's a little bit misleading to me if they're talking about they're, they're saying this is what the entire update is going to be half of it is bees the other half is bug fixes right like that that seems to me a like they're either jumping the gun and declaring that bees are it ahead of minecon where ostensibly they're going to be announcing what the theme of the next update is or there's been some kind of miscommunication here and like we don't <laughs> I, I don't know why they're saying the entire update is going to be half bees and half bug fixes neither do i and I, I think that this is a really good example of some of the criticism that we've put forward about the communication that comes out of Mojang, specifically on Minecraft.net, in that they tend to be cheeky and funny and, you know, they, they wanted to write a little bit lighter because they have a broad audience. But this is the kind of thing where you need to be super clear. Like, this this deserves a PR announcement, not not a, a jovial kind of blurb on an article. And I don't... Under, like I like like you, I can only guess at what they mean. Yeah. And if Minecon, I mean, I guess Minecon is going to be about one sixteen, because if that's the a, only thing being fixed is bugs, then Minecon is going to be boring. That's what I, that's what I'm thinking. Like it, it seems like they've just announced we're only adding bees and fixing tech issues in one fifteen. So. Does that mean that the next named update is going to be 116 and they're going to have a whole extra set of themes for that? Or are we wrong to be using these version numbers at all? Because for a while, I I seem to remember like Mojang folks saying that they wished they that people didn't set so much store by update numbers because it, for a start, it confuses people who are playing Bedrock versus Java because I get Bedrock players in my comment section saying like, I really wish we were on 1.14. And I'm like, well, you have the same features. That's why they've got these named updates because the version numbers are just iterations of the software, basically. That's just the programmers saying like, this is like the next, like, major update to the software because bedrock edition got the village and pillage update over four separate versions i went and looked this up on the minecraft wiki and it was 1 1.8 1 1.9 110 and 111 and additional stuff like wither roses foxes and suspicious stew are still being added for the 1.13 update to bedrock edition that's coming out you know forthcoming so yeah i feel like calling them by the names is a little bit more important and maybe they're saying that 115 is just going to be a a smaller update but a significant one uh and and it's one that they've decided needs a 
like a whole version number of its own and then the next named update is going to be the one they'll focus on at minecon massive shrug from from me i have no, I have no yeah. idea uh whether that's the case or not and this is only leading to a little bit more confusion and potentially disappointment from people who think that they're not going to have anything left to announce at minecon at this point well and that's the thing and, and anything that they're announcing at minecon you know right now if they announce anything beyond new features for bees and bugs they're planning on fixing it's not happening until 2020 yeah like straight up that's you know it's not you know happening until until the new, the new year and I don't necessarily know how exciting it is when these announcements are made so far in advance. Um, yeah. I I feel like it's just for the for this particular player base, the feedback seems to be like, yeah, that looks awesome. Why can't we have it now? Like, yeah. it, 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 if if you've got this stuff sorted out, or if you're working on it, then why isn't it coming to us sooner? Whether that's coming to us sooner in snapshots or whatever and i feel like um i don't know whether moyang is doing the minecon live thing because a lot of other video game developers are doing these you know announcement things these, these they have like a conference or yeah, a, a conference an expo or kind of thing yeah an event you know an announcement event that they have to do to drive up you know um information for the game or education and 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 um what's what i'm looking for um just to spread the word about the game like if it, it works much better if you have a large event but i don't think they have enough content um from my previous experience with minecon uh with the new experience looking forward to minecon live i'm just looking at this like i don't i don't necessarily see what's going to be happening here now to not dwell on the negative stuff and the confusion of the puns on bees and bugs and what the 115 is really going to be about um i feel like if you're looking at it for a bug fix, I wonder if they're not just talking about things like um, bugs where things are currently wrong with the game, but perhaps behavior and um, features of the game that do not work as intended and have not been addressed because so much has always been focused on new content, like new trading with villagers and uh, the, the the aquatic update with dolphins and turtles and like all this kind of stuff overshadowing the fact that mine carts don't really work the best you know mm -hmm. like uh, so I'm wondering if part of these bug updates and this is purely speculation to try and put some positive stuff out there I'm wondering if mine carts could be part of the quote-unquote bug fixes in that hey these don't work the way that they should cough cough coal a furnace mine cart mm -hmm. you know like yeah. stuff like that you know it, 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 bug fixes might be involving you know updating some features and changing some things that don't currently work the way that they they should not that they're broken but that they're yeah um below expected you know functionality yeah it's going to be a very tricky line to walk with minecarts i think because on the one hand you do have stuff that's completely useless or very buggy like the furnace minecart or even like regular minecart travel um there are some aspects of that that could be refined better, I will say. But then there are also things like chest minecarts and hopper minecarts, which a lot of technical players rely on to provide item storage and item transport technology. Um, and if those were fundamentally changed in some way, then that would 
be a disaster for a lot of systems, a lot of circuits and and farms and that kind of stuff. So I expect that, yeah, if, if they are modifying behavior like that, then that's a very good thing. It's just going to be a bit of a balancing act. They've yeah. talked about it in the past, though. They talked about it at the last Minecon uh, on the dev panel. I'm pretty sure Dinnerbone yes. was even talking about it, saying we really want to take a look at minecarts and... You know, the furnace minecart we want to phase out, but it's also just going to be a complete rewrite of how they work because sometimes they just don't do what they're supposed to do. So yeah. we'll see. Um, but I like that idea. I like the idea that, you know, maybe they are addressing stuff if, if the update is going to be themed around bugs or, you know, it, it, the idea is that bug fixes are going to happen if that also means, yeah, polishing some features which have been left by the wayside in favor of more content being added to the game as far as the rest of this change log goes with uh, additional changes to bees i don't think there's anything here that we really need to dwell on as no. far as like bees trying to avoid water i mean it's all like refinements to bee behavior and stuff like that making them a little bit more like bees in the real world which is great still no news on if the wax block or the crystallized honey that we discussed last week are going to have any kind of place in the game or if they're just placeholders there to not be used like a few other things that are still in the Minecraft code, like giants and illusioners and things like that, that aren't aren't used. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what comes out of Minecon now, which is only a couple of weeks away. That's so true. Yeah. I think that's probably going to resolve any queries we have right now about what on earth is going on. Um, failing that, it could just be a big update and kind of feature reveal of more stuff about Minecraft dungeons and more stuff about Minecraft Earth, and if they have any other experiences planned, but. If it was just that, if it was news about the other aspects of the Minecraft brand and not about the core game, uh, other than, yes, we're doing bees and yes, we're fixing things, it might be a little disappointing. So we'll we'll see how that turns out, I guess. Mm -hmm. The one bug that I want to mention, which sounds like a negative, is that trees spawned from saplings um, could have bees nests and that's going to be fixed in the future. Uh, that, that fixes a problem with uh, redstone tree farms. That means that the tree farms that that use uh, that you may have built in the biomes where trees could have beehives or bees nests, excuse me, um, they won't, and that's good. It's a good thing. Mm -hmm. It means they're yeah. going to be a little bit more rare uh, and harder to to get, which makes them, we'll say, a cooler block in that way. But it also means it's not going to be interruptive for some of the technical builds, which I think is good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they also fixed um, banners not waving in the wind which is something I'd completely forgot about happening. But uh, yeah, banners are supposed to wave in the wind and there is a certain point at which uh, when the world passes a certain age, banners don't wave anymore because, I don't know, it just like it, it, it overflows an integer somewhere in the code and banners just kind of stay still after that point. That seems to have been fixed in this changelog as well, which is something I've just noticed. So. And does that differentiate between banners inside and banners outside? I don't think it does because mm. there is no wind in Minecraft really. So yeah. yeah, so I think they are all just supposed to move. I don't know if potentially that could change if it's something else. I'm not sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's there's some pros and cons to that one. I think they tend to <laughs> when, when banners were introduced and I saw them like waving a lot more because they were a brand new kind of thing. Um, they did tend to clip through stuff. Yeah. The model of the banner would just kind of like wave backwards through the block that it was attached to, which doesn't look all that great, but. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, again, something else that they can continue to refine if they're planning on, you know, polishing a few things. Mm -hmm. Well, moving on into chunk mail. Uh, this message this week is from Wati. It is my Is it my imagination or does directionality of sound need an update? I personally find it annoying and distracting that mobs sound just as loud through rock as they do when they're in your face. 
Uh, also, when using headphones, it would be nice if the stereo changed direction depending on which way you're facing. Am I the only one bugged by this? Wadi. Uh, actually, that brings up a, a really good point and something that I was pretty sure was added, I want to say, with 113 in that um, I'm pretty sure that there is directionality for sound in the game because uh, mm -hmm. I notice it specifically when I'm playing and I notice it with chests where depending on which way my character is facing and it's very subtle, the opening of a chest will come either entirely out of the right earphone or entirely out of the left earphone depending on it. So I don't, I find that it's in the game and I find it overly sensitive, uh, not, uh, not underly. So Wadi did not specify what version of the game he's playing, but I'm going to go ahead and assume Java 114. Um, so it should be there. I'm just wondering if perhaps you have a setting that's not on or you're just not in the right situation because it's not something that's obvious everywhere. I don't yes. notice it when I'm chopping down a tree because I'm usually looking at the thing I'm chopping. You can't kind mm -hmm. of like side eye chop a tree, although that would be very funny. Like you yeah. can't, you can't kind of like hack at something sideways while you talk to a friend, like you kind of have to face the thing. And yes. so it all tends to happen directly in front of me. Um, and the other time where I would really want directional sound is ghasts in the nether, which they yes. don't do. Mm -hmm. Ghasts just have the same sound regardless of whether they're 300 blocks away, east, west, north, south, doesn't matter. And that I find really annoying. I wish that when a ghast let out a shriek that you could tell roughly what direction it was coming from because that would be aid in which direction you run. <laughs> I feel uh, like that's part of the threat of ghasts is that their sound is sort of omnipresent when you're in the nether and that's mm -hmm. kind of that's kind of part of it. I don't know if that's an intentional choice. I would imagine not. Yeah. Uh, it, it potentially comes from a time when all of the sounds in the game were added in mono or something, although I don't know that for certain. But there is there is definitely some stereo field happening in... This is, by the way, this is absolutely in my wheelhouse. I was a music production student, so I know a little bit about sound design and that kind of thing. Um, first of all, I really like the idea of mob sounds being muffled through cave walls. It's probably also really difficult to program something like that because you have to figure out like distance from the player and how many blocks or what kind of blocks are between the player and the mob for it to then decide how to play the sound. And yeah, I feel like that might be a little bit weird for it to... to like. There's additional calculations have to go into exactly how it plays back the sound for you at that point, which is just adding... A little bit of load to the game but um there is definitely stereo field happening in minecraft there's definitely stereo panning for anything which is on your left or your right so you might want to check your headphones just to make sure they aren't on a mono setting or that they're plugged in all the way or that they're just like got some crossed wires somewhere if you're using headphones um but headphones are always going to split that stereo field more intensely because um when you're using speakers I'm going to go for a bit of an audio science here. Uh, you get an effect called crossfeed, which accounts for, like, when you've got speakers on, your right ear can hear things that comes out of the left-hand speaker. So even if the left speaker is pointed directly at your left ear, that sound is still going to, like, bounce around the room that you're in and go into your right ear still. So it always feels like the sound is coming from about a 60-degree angle in front of you even if the speakers are placed super far apart. So if you kind of put your hands directly out in front of you and then widen them to about the width of your shoulders, that's going to be roughly the angle that it feels like the sound is coming from if you're using two speakers. You can sort of tell if the speakers were behind you, uh, but even if they're placed super far apart, it still feels like the sound when it's balanced is going to come from roughly that 60 degree angle in the middle. 
and a lot of stereo stuff is panned really wide uh, to the left or the right based on somebody playing using speakers and having that kind of effect happening. If you're using headphones, you have a 180 degree angle because your left ear can't hear what your right ear is hearing. So the input from the left headphone is not going to reach your right ear in any way in the way that it would when you're using speakers. So you end up with situations where if you're getting attacked by a mob that's coming from your left, say there's a zombie walking up to you from your left and you only have the right earphone in, because that zombie is panned all the way to the left, it's not outputting any sound to your right headphone and you're not going to notice that zombie sneaking up on you until it plays a center pan, a center pan sound like the player taking damage. So it, it, it's actually kind of like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the stereo field is very apparent when you've got like a, a zombie directly to your left or to your right. And I'm, pl- I'm somebody who plays with headphones all the time because I have to for recording purposes. And yeah, I've definitely noticed that happen. I've definitely noticed something when like I wouldn't have heard it at all if I was only wearing one of my my ears at the time. Um, I, I say that it's kind of a weird way of putting it, only wearing one of my ears. But cause, <laughs> okay, occasionally I'll take one side of my headphones off because I wear like overhead headphones rather than like earbuds when I play. Uh, so if I take one ear out, then yeah, I'm not going to be able to hear a zombie that's sneaking up to me from that side. So for me, yeah. I'm surprised that it's not more balanced with headphones because i would imagine most players play minecraft with headphones i'm not sure i agree i think i think because so many players are on bedrock edition they're probably going to be playing on mobile devices probably not with headphones especially if they're younger and have less consideration for people around them not to like (laughs) not Mm. to blast young people here but you guys tend to like play music on buses and just play like whatever your ipad game is like on full blast without headphones so i expect uh, yeah, so it's it's probably mixed for people who are using TV speakers if they're playing the console version of the game. Like, there, there aren't that many people, unless you're using voice chat at the time, who are going to be playing a console game exclusively with headphones. Um, and I expect that just, like, industry standard practice is to mix everything on headphones in, like, a sound recording studio, because that's the environment you're going to be producing the sound anyway. I think at least based on my experience and what i imagine moyang has now is probably going to be like an audio mixing studio where they've recorded stuff in a sound booth for like say the recent um recent thing there was there was actually a a, a cameo by the didgeridoo that they used for the um the pillager horn sound you know that and and, yep. and i think the didgeridoo note block as well that was in the video that Minecraft put out on their YouTube channel the other day, the kind of Ask Moyang, um, in which I'm pretty sure that they confirmed that the canonical pronunciation is actually Mojang, and they just say it Moyang because they're Swedish, um, but it's supposed to be Mojang, according to Mark Watson, who was on that video. So uh, I don't know. I'm not sure I can change at this point. I'm probably going to keep calling it Mojang. But anyway, at one point in that video, they reached behind the couch and they pulled out that big spiral didgeridoo that they used for the pillager horn. So I imagine they've taken that into like a sound recording booth somewhere and they've got like a full setup for it and they are listening to that back on some speakers and they're probably mixing it in the game using speakers and stuff like that as well. I guess it's it, it it's also a reactionary thing depending on where that is coming from in your environment. So speakers, headphones, it's not going to make that much of a difference. You've got a 360 degree uh range of pan where that can be coming from like if if something is sounds like it's coming from the right 
in the game it's because the pillager is over there you know it's 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 not really something that you can necessarily control based on like the, the range of pan that you've given it i'm probably not explaining this all that well but basically in game if something sounds like it's coming from your right that's because the mob is over there and right. you can't really do anything about making the mob sound like it's coming from slightly closer to you slightly further into the center of your stereo field of hearing because that's gonna mislead you about exactly where the mob is yeah yeah, yeah. i do like wadi's idea of of putting muffled sounds in the game yeah like, like I, do, I do i do wish that was that was more possible and this is going to yeah. feed into uh our main topic this week actually which is i kind of wanted to talk about sound inspired by wadi's email and a little bit of the stuff we talked about last week uh about the sound design of minecraft dungeons and I kind of mentioned how recognizable Minecraft sounds are, but how they might sound out of place in a more modern game now that they're 10 years on from some of those early sounds being added. And it occurred to me that like ambience and not necessarily ambient sound, but the treatment of the existing sounds so that they sounded like they were in the location kind of ties into that feeling of like zombies being muffled if you hear them on the opposite side of a, a cave wall or maybe sounding a little bit more echoey if they're in the same wider cave space as you maybe like adding sort of a a bit of reverberation when you're in a cave or, or an echo or a dry crackly kind of sound to it when you're in the nether or maybe like a little bit of distortion and glitchiness when you're in the end because the end soundtrack and the whole vibe of the end has that kind of glitchy staticky kind of thing to it i wonder if there is scope for improving minecraft sounds and i wanted to talk a little bit more about sound in general what we like about the sounds that are in the game which we dislike um and if we dislike them are they just doing their job are they effective because we're not meant to like those particular sounds how do you feel about the sound in my i mean it's it's obviously going to be like a very broad topic here but what are your favorites let's start off with that uh off the top of my head uh i would say i really like the new beacon hum yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. both as an aesthetic sound that i like but also its function of letting you know the beacon is on mm -hmm. you know like it's, it's you've done the thing correctly there's this powerful whom you know and the light turns on and the hum happens and that feels I have accomplished what I wanted to do. Like player feed, the feedback of it is is good. And um, that was only added recently as well. Yeah, wasn't it? no, it was added as as, I, as I recently one, as one thirteen, I think. One thirteen or one fourteen, I think. One thirteen yeah. might have been one thirteen. Um, I also like the eight bit note block chime. That's really new. That that mm -hmm. was a one fourteen snapshot, I think. Uh, and I have always enjoyed pistons extending and retracting. I find that it's, um, when it's really repetitive and fast, anything in Minecraft is annoying, but I do like, like the, the, the single kind of like chunk, you know, uh, extension and retraction sound. And they do sound really cool when they're done in sequence, like with say a piston door that has like five or six of them that all fire at once. And then just like, you know, has that cascading, like, you know, sort of noise. Yeah. Like that I find really cool. If they're uh, all firing in a line and they're just going away from you as well, the distance, yes. you can actually hear the distance happening in the sound. And that's good. Like, just, yeah. I mean, that's that's just a simple like volume fade happening, but it's yeah. still, it still kind of gives you an impression of the space very well, I think. Do we have that thing happening with mobs? Like if a zombie is far away from you compared to up close, does it have a distance volume? Thing? Yeah, um, it's not quite like ghosts where they sort of come from everywhere. I'm pretty sure that you will get quieter sounds, but mm. that's that's a lot more simple to do than applying effects to sounds like 
uh, it would probably be a low pass filter if you wanted it to sound muffled. You're taking out all of the higher frequencies right. and and kind of making it sound a little bit more kind of like like it's coming from behind a wall. You know, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, that was just a hand in front of my mouth. That wasn't like me adding effects in post. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if 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 you if you want to add stuff like that, you're getting into a lot more processing stuff, a lot more than just like adjusting the amount of volume something has. Yeah. Can you imagine what it'd be like if they if they had um that kind of muffled sound when you're underwater and they, it kind of does that with like the, the the sound effects that happen when you go underwater you sort of get that cloth eerie kind of like kind of yeah like that really low bassy rumble but it doesn't do anything to affect the mob sounds yeah if anything the mob the mobs that you tend to hear they probably have some sound design done so they sound like they're underwater but it's not necessarily affecting the range of frequencies of that yeah, sound yeah. effect. And when you it's mine like, stuff underwater, it still has the same noises, right? Like it's yeah, sand, it exactly. still makes the same kind of like sclitch. Uh, I like, for mobs, I like the drowned. I, I find they're well and well designed for sound and and very entertaining. I find it very funny, the little kind of bleh that they, that they kind of yeah. make. Um, I like the sounds of skeletons, and this is like a vanilla sound. I'm not sure when they've when they added this sound or how long it's been in the game, but I don't think it, this one of those things where like, I really feel it's just fine the way that it is. Uh, when they jump from something too high, when they get hit or when they die, it does sound like a bag of bones crumpling to the floor. Like I mm -hmm. like, I like the cartoon. It sounds like a, like a 1930s xylophone sound <laughs> for bones. You know, like it sounds like a bone xylophone when, when yeah. skeletons move around. I find that really, really good. And I think really the, one of the best um, mob sounds is the phantoms. I, I mean, th they're pathing and stuff aside. They sound wicked. Like, I really yeah. like the sound design of the phantoms. Yeah, How about you? I, like, what are your favorites? I quite like, I like the drowned as well. And by extension, I kind of like shulkers. The shulker noise always makes me laugh. That kind of like, blah, 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 blah. it's kind it, of like yeah. a... Like like a child just making some goofy noises and sticking its tongue out, and they sort of sound like weird uh, like parrots uh, mm -hmm. to me, and and that always kind of makes me laugh. The kind of squawk noise they make. Um, there are a lot of noises that people in my stream chat tell me they enjoy. Like when I'm mining loads of sand with an enchanted shovel, and you get that gentle swoosh of sand uh, being mined efficiently. Um, and you just, it, I mean, it's effectively it's kind of playing the same sound effect over and over again in rapid succession like you were saying with if you were like digging up grass or firing a ton of pistons or something like that then you you get like the same sound effect getting played repetitively but because it's such a soft noise it sounds quite nice it sounds like fabric or something uh, conversely some people say they really like the way breaking ice sounds uh, which is weird for me because it's the same noise as glass breaking <laughs> um, and I've always found that quite jarring no pun intended um so that's 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 a weird one, but I think yeah, one that I can I can understand people enjoying. I like the fact that zombie variants have different groans now. It's a really nice touch, especially the zombie villager. The fact that you know a normal zombie is just oh, and then a zombie villager is like Hurr. it's got that that kind of villager noise, nasal yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. They, kind kind of, of, they have they have like a honk almost. Exactly, yeah. It's it's built into it uh, with the zombie villager moan. But then husks have a drier, rattly kind of moan. And yeah, they're raspy. The drowned, yeah. yeah, the drowned have their own type of noise. And even the fact that the baby zombies make a slightly higher, like, rah, kind of noise that, yeah, that's still, uh, that's still pretty fun to me. Um, as for sounds that I dislike, but I think are still kind of effective, I ask the second part because I really don't like being around silverfish or spiders or endermites because of the kind of buggy screeching sounds that they make 
but that's effective for what they are that you know you don't want to be around all of these spiders because they're potentially dangerous uh, likewise silverfish they're just kind of they're, they're there to be an annoyance and it's an effective way of having the bug mobs gross you out I don't know if sound design has been added for bees yet. Do the bees actually buzz? I yes, might have they my do. Mob sound, I might have had my mob sounds turned down when I uh, when I tried out the snapshot because I have a feeling I didn't hear the bees actually making any noise. No, uh, they that's... they do. It's subtle. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Um, it's not crazy loud, but they they do make yeah. a they do make a buzz. Because I feel like having a some, something like a, when a fly buzzes around the room and you're just like looking for it so you can get rid of the sound more than yeah. anything else. It, it, I, I would I could imagine that getting annoying if it wasn't used gently. I so feel like it's I feel like it's gently, and I also don't believe it's related to what the bee is doing. It's more like if you're in the vicinity, they just have like this gentle hum that kind of it's plays. like a background kind yeah, of drone. It's, it, yeah, it's not like a dragonfly going by where like when the bee turns around and goes back to the hive, you kind of hear like a wow, like it's not it's not that kind of a thing. Um, yeah, but it's it's it is there. It is it is subtle. Um, it was hard because the people that showcased it. I mean, I heard it on on my test, but I I um. I was listening to other people's videos, but of course, everybody that makes Minecraft videos usually has the game volume ducked so that their audio yeah. isn't competing. So mm -hmm. a subtle g sound like a bee buzz in a ducked game is all—it's really quiet. It's really impossible to hear on on a YouTube video unless somebody is playing the game at full volume, which is is not always the case. So I always I also think there could be different sounds for sponges because they still make the like placing a grass block or dirt block sound and that feels like one of the things that's been overlooked where you found a lot of the other things that used that sound effect like the you know placing and and gathering of crops used mm. to use that dirt block sound which now we we mentioned in a previous episode has a much nicer and more natural feeling sound to it i would love sponges to have a kind of sound when like a dry sponge sucks up some water right like for it to be this kind of like wet splat to it and i think you get those when you place down like slime blocks and maybe even wet sponges but the first time you place a sponge down it sounds incredibly dry and it's a sound that you already associate with like placing grass or dirt and i feel like it could be like sound designed a little bit more and, and sponge is one of those things that you don't encounter super often but every time i use it i think that sound isn't quite right <laughs> like it could be something different there yeah i feel like the stuff that gets repetitive uh specifically uh mining grass blocks for me it's okay yeah. in some small doses but because it's such a high pitch because it's such a high kind of staticky sound i find a lot of grass block mining really drives me crazy like I yeah. start to, I can't wait to just get back to dirt. Dirt has got kind of more like a crunch to it, whereas grass has got this kind of like higher pitch shifting sound to it. And it that does kind of drive me. And I'm glad, like you said, that they've switched the planting noises for crops and the harvest noises and planting noises for, uh, um, what's it called? Um, netherwort. Because yeah. they've switched it to lower frequency stuff. Like it's it's more pleasant because it's less invasive. It's it's not as high. It's it's a it's a lower kind of like not a thud, but it has it has more of a scooch to it than it did a crunch, yeah. and and um, the stuff that really kind of gets me, not surprisingly, now that I'm thinking about it, is high pitch stuff. I really don't like breaking nether portals. I it's just <laughs> well, it's, that's that's breaking glass again, isn't it? Yeah. It's breaking glass, but it's breaking glass to a volume of ten. Like it is way <laughs> louder than mining a grass block. Do a I test. Mean, net, net, 
Nether portals are like that in general. They seem to have their own volume control that I can never seem to figure out how to turn down. Mm. I think there's like, it's block sounds or something like that, but block sounds covers so much other stuff yep. that I, I always really want to turn that down. And there are data packs out there. I think Vanilla Tweaks has Absolutely. a quieter nether portals pack yep. that I need to get around to installing. <laughs> it's actually not even a data pack. It's just a resource pack. Like it's, yeah, resource uh, pack. I've That's... got a couple of things installed. I've got uh, quieter zombie pigment, zombie pigment being another sound I dislike intensely in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, there I haven't removed it. I've just turned it down to the point where it sounds like they're mumbling and walking around, not talking directly next to you. I always yeah. found that because of the number of zombie pigmen that kind of scatter around your builds, and one of the reasons why a lot of people try to zombie pigmen proof the nether is because they're just so annoying. And, they're just everywhere. And so they're ubiquitous. Loud. Yeah, yeah, so for, for two reasons. One, they annoy me, and two, for, for um, video production, it's a lot easier not to have all the mob sounds down. So Zombie Pigman, I've turned their ambience down in a resource pack. However, I have left the angry noise up because you kind of yeah. want that as like an alarm, like, oh, crap, I've touched one, and now they're all mad. I need to know that. Yeah, um, you don't you don't want a horde of zombie pigmen sneaking up on you. That's yeah, exactly. Not, not the desired effect. Um, but the breaking nether portals things, not only is it intrusively loud uh, and something that I have the nether portal hum reduced. That's another uh, resor- uh, resource yeah. pack that I have installed, but it doesn't cover the break. So I've got to go find that break noise and try to reduce it. Um, but the problem is that I find breaking a nether portal with the glass noise is just not... I guess I'm going to be picky. It's not RP enough for me. Like it just, it sounds silly. Like the portal has this outworldly weird kind of hum to it. When you go through it, you go all wobbly, but when you turn it off, it sounds like break glass. Like that kind of shatters. Yeah. yeah, Like it doesn't really make any sense. I was, I kind of want it to make something more unique. Uh, Also, I could also deal with it being a lot less loud. I I think that turning it off should be quieter than turning it on. In, yeah it just these are all of course subjective you know opinions but that to, that to me is one of those things that really stands out i wonder if it's kind of a placeholder thing because the nether portal itself as a block is kind of similar to say some glass panes mm-hmm. in terms of like the width of it and the way the game handles its position and i feel like maybe that was just a leftover placeholder sound effect for like maybe we'll add something to this later but for now because it's effectively the same as glass panes then it's you know use the glass pane sound effect and then it sort of never got it 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 became so much a part of the game everyone was used to it at that point they never thought to change it yeah but i feel like that's that's definitely something that one of those sound effects that feels like a placeholder that could potentially do with updating even if it was like a powering down sound like the way a beacon goes when yeah. you turn it off like is the the millennium falcons hyperdrive powering down or whatever you know it can, <laughs> yeah dear 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 it can just be like yeah. that you know and and that's that makes a little bit more sense to me like you said than just having a a window smash yeah exactly and and also i mean maybe we can convince mojang that it's a bug (laughs) (laughs) maybe we can if they're they're so keen on fixing them in this next yeah exactly um the other things that i feel not necessarily that i dislike but i feel like they're a little bit on the lackluster side is that the ender pearl landing sound it it feels kind of lackluster for as cool as an ender pearl is and for the uh i guess teleport noise that you get when you eat a chorus fruit uh, and what you hear when te- Endermen teleport around, you all you hear is the crunch of hitting the block. Uh, you get yeah, the, the I mean, hit noise. 
right? It's because it's you, you take damage from using them. It's not even the ender pearl that's making the noise. It's your player taking damage that makes the noise. Right. So, but I feel like if they had something layered on top of that, it could be because exactly. the ender the ender pearl doesn't make any noise at all. Yeah. And so I'd I'd rather it have have something else. I mean, having it still maybe clue into you that you've been hit or that you're taking damage, but have it be something a little bit more spacey, I think would be kind of cool. Um, yeah. And and while we're talking about Enderman, angry Enderman, I get it. Oh. I get I get that it's supposed to be just irritating and annoying, and, and but it sort of feels to me at this point that it's just, you know, the original sound designer trolling us. Like it just, it really... <laughs> It really is not a pleasant noise and you want to end it as soon as possible. But my real complaint about it is that in my mind, it is a bug. It's too loud. Uh, yeah. I have been you on stream. You can't turn it down, can no, you? No, I've, I've taken mob sounds down to 1% and still had to like rush to turn my game sound down with dealing with Angry Enderman because I had my volume up and I was playing the game in a, at a fun volume, you know, like I'm streaming and I'm having a good time. And then these Endermen came in and I'm just like, I'm kind of squinting because it's too loud. And when yeah. when Endermen are at 1% and it's too loud, something's broken. And I feel yeah. like I feel like the, the game volume balance needs to happen a little bit more like i was it you i feel like we've talked about this before with ambient mobs with like sheep and cow and stuff like that cow really plural cattle um (laughs) in that when there's more than one mob in a close space the sounds stack i know they all play at different free at different times but they it it came up it came up in the past because there was a bug where it was preventing some sounds from playing because like when you were flying over a farm with a light tray you couldn't hear your wings anymore because there were just too many other sounds being played at the same time and it was running out of space to play something new right that's what it was so it wasn't that the sheep were louder you're just noticing it because there's so many i play with my ambient mob noises down around 20 percent anyway Um, Mm -hmm. just because walking through my sheep farm would be unbearable otherwise yeah, and they've changed the way the game handles sounds recently to allow for more layering and stuff, and so that mm. yeah, it doesn't run out of room to play the elytra wave like the kind mm. of uh, the wing sounds. Um, is there anything that you feel like the sounds are kind of missing? And is there it, it, either is there scope for like redoing and improving sounds, or do you think that there's just like some other stuff that needs to be added? that doesn't already have a sound effect we were talking about beacons not having sound i did look it up uh beacons don't didn't have sound before 1.13 ah. um i'm pretty sure which noises were added in like 1.9 i'd been playing the game for a while before you actually could hear witches v- via anything other than them just running up and like lobbing a potion at you um so that giggle that they have didn't get added until much later Um, there are several other things that have either had their sounds redeveloped recently or just didn't have any sound effects before and have now been changed. So do you think there's anything else that still needs to be added at this point? I know it would be really complicated and I know it would probably get annoying after a while, but some part of me kind of want Mob to have footsteps uh, in a way that it would be both hilarious and terrifying if you could hear zombies kind of shuffling towards you. You know, like yeah, that, in, in, like a, in a way that kind of differentiates it from just a player walking. Because I know they do still make noises if they're like walking up to you on grass. You will hear footsteps happening, but it'll yes. be like the sound of the player walking on grass. You kind of want more yeah. of a, a shambling shuffle for the shuffle zombies. Or something like that. So, and it yeah. would also be very funny when a baby zombie rushes at you and that same shuffle noise is like... In a good, terrifying way. Kind of like in the same way that a phantom screech kind of makes you turn around. Like hearing that kind of like quick 
you know, uh, uh, approach of something small. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like I, yeah. I still don't like baby zombies. Um, I, I think the other stuff for me that I think is missing is the kind of thing that I think would be easily added and, and add a lot and, and to keep it kind of subtle would be like ambient wave crashing when you're at the shore, even though there aren't really any waves in Minecraft, mm -hmm. um, wind blowing, but maybe only in mountain biomes, birds chirping, maybe only in forests, you know, frogs and, and crickets, maybe cro croaking and cheeping in, in swamps. Like that's the kind of thing that I think would just add a little bit to it. And they all come up because of the reminiscing I did last week on the Citadel Cafe about World of Warcraft with World of Warcraft Classic coming out last week. And I just remember walking into new zones and the, the first thing that hits you in a new zone is the music because um, the brilliant music in World of Warcraft would change uh, the mood and the ambience, you know, whenever you walked into a new zone, maybe it's like a mm -hmm. marsh or maybe it's a, a, a royal, you know, um, a village or something like that. And, and the music would change to, to match, but also the ambient stuff, like seeing and hearing little fireflies or, or stuff, or especially stuff that you can't see. It was just meant to kind of like, oh, there's life out there. Like I can hear weird, you know, creatures kind of scuttling yeah. around or frogs kind of chirping and doing their thing. Uh, or if it's like a twilight zone, it, you would hear like the same kind of dusk noises that you would normally hear in the world. And that I think would go uh, a long way. And it wouldn't be something that you'd have to hear all the time. It'd be something that you would only hear like when you get to a swamp, you'd, that'd be the only place that you can hear maybe crickets. Like something like that I think would be more immersive, you know, a fairly straightforward thing to do. And, um, and, and especially if it was like under another volume control, like if you didn't yeah. like it, just turn ambient, you know, biome noises off, just, you know, take the slider down and be like, mm -hmm. nope, I don't like crickets. They drive me nuts. And then that way you could just turn it off if you want. Yeah, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And it's something that mods like Dynamic Surroundings have added in the past. It, it really wouldn't hurt all that much. And I guess the only thing they'd have to answer for at that point would be like, we can hear frogs, but where are the frogs? We can mm. hear birds, but where are the birds? You know, um, but I, I think that's something that they could maybe resolve in a way and 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 stuff that they can just explain as like it's it's ambient noise what are we going to do exactly <laughs> well i mean it goes back to what we said about bees like you know birds what would you do with a bird you know people don't tend to like the ambient mobs that are not useful well then don't add the bird mob just add the noise right just yeah just give yeah. give the ambience instead of the mob that you can't figure out how to actually utilize and I think at that point it has to be controlled by which biome you're in. Yes. Uh, because, like, if you if you imagine having you've got water flowing sounds now, whenever you're by flowing water, if you just place a water source, then you know that's gonna not really make any kind of noise if it's just if it's just sat there by itself. But then if you made the sure that like players could hear the ocean waves anytime they were near water then of course you know you place a water source in your farmland and you're going to hear the ocean and you think wait no that's not that's no. not how that should work so it, it would have to be biome specific you'd have like either the ocean or a beach or something would get like wave noises and a forest if you walked into a forest biome could start to activate that that forest ambience and i expect that could be done whether or not it's something that they plan on doing in future we will remains to be seen i guess but if they are open to adding mobs that feel a little bit more ambient in nature like bees then maybe they could be convinced to go down that path i don't know mm -hmm. last thing that i feel like asking uh, as part of this any favorites from the minecraft soundtrack any any piece of music that you find especially good because i've got a couple of favorites but i wanted to know about you 
I have a couple of favorites, but I don't know what they're called. Somewhere like <laughs> right. track number four, maybe from the first one. I don't. I find the second one really weird. I don't necessarily like the second soundtrack very much because a lot of it tends to be more just like ambient noise as opposed to an actual song. Um, yeah, a, but a lot of a lot of Minecraft volume beta is the music from the Nether and the music from Creative Mode right. as well. So Minecraft volume alpha is the stuff that you tend to hear if you're playing survival, if you're in the overworld. That kind of stuff. Well, if you're playing survival, you hear the same track over and over again. There might yeah, be two. Yeah, you do. It's, yeah. it's kind of silly that there's an entire soundtrack, and as a game, in the game, you only hear the one or two tracks. Um, I but feel I like don't, that's why yeah. I, I used to like the Nether soundtrack more, because it just felt more varied when you went to the Nether, compared mm. to... I think there are four songs that play. I think there's one that plays at dawn, one that plays at midday, one that plays at dusk, and then another that plays at midnight. And I think those repeat yeah. on a cycle, basically. I have not played with the music on in a very long time because i edit um yeah i yeah. edit the game so it makes it so much easier to do when you don't have a, a soundtrack going in the background my personal favorite is i think it's actually from minecraft volume beta and it's called haunt musky and it's there's actually an anagram of hatsune miku after the sort of virtual reality singer um <laughs> and it's kind of a, a really neat one it's it's got more of a song like structure it feels a little bit melancholy at first but then it's got a section that really gets going later um and there's a couple of songs i think um alpha from minecraft volume beta has more of like a we're going on an adventure kind of feel and i think that's the one that plays over the end credits when the end poem is scrolling past um and yeah i think that one's that one's pretty cool whenever that comes on on my streams because i play with the minecraft soundtrack on a desktop media player in the background that always comes on i always think oh right that's this feels like time to like go out and explore and i feel like there's not enough tracks on the soundtrack that are really like that i would kind of like there to be more hopeful sounding stuff because a lot of the minecraft soundtrack comes across as ambient and melancholy if anything, it almost yeah. emphasizes how alone you are in the world, yep. which A, doesn't make sense if you're playing on a multiplayer server, but also, yeah, I feel like as a a single-player experience, the music, while the music is fantastic and feels perfect for Minecraft as an experience, like, it's it's so different to having, like, energetic dance music playing while you're playing this kind of, like, fairly lonely blocky game. I do kind of wish there was something a little bit more upbeat and some more stuff like... Uh, I mean, like Cat, the music disc Cat, when you play that, that's always really upbeat and chiptuny and and jolly, and that feels a lot more listenable uh, to me as far as, like, just get, getting me upbeat <laughs> goes, I think. And, uh, yeah, I would love to hear what people think about the sounds in Minecraft. Uh, send us an email with the email address that Joel will have you for you in just a second. But that is going to be it for this episode of The Spawn Chunks. Thank you so much for listening. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show is composed by me, and The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get some value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join the community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat and get us closer to our next goal, where The Spawn Chunks will be recorded live in the Discord and people will be able to listen in. We're currently at 115 patrons, as Joel said at the top of the show, sometimes Patreon takes a while to process those, so if the complete number doesn't show up, then that's probably why, uh, but we checked that a couple of days ago and everything seemed to be uh, on the level. 
Special thanks this week to our content engineers, Cameron Sigelski, JD Williamson, Llamas, and Yitz for supporting this episode. Spreading the word about the show is super easy. Just share it with your friends. It's the best way to support the podcast. You can find us at The Sponge Chunks on Twitter and Instagram, but personal recommendations are by far the best way to do it. Poke a friend in the arm. Not too hard, but hard enough, and say you should listen to the show. Do it now. You can email the show at thespongechunks at gmail.com. You can find The Sponge Chunks on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. And you can also review us on the iTunes platform and actually on Spotify as well. So if you have a thumbs up or a like or a a five-star review that you want to leave, please do so. It really helps us get into the ear holes of potential new listeners. The RSS feed is linked on the spunchunks.com and the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page. That's the place where you can listen to the render distance, the extended version of the podcast. My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixelriffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixelriffs, where this week the Minecraft Survival Guide is tackling all the achievements in Minecraft Bedrock Edition. I also stream three days a week on Twitch, doing behind-the-scenes work for the Survival Guide series, and I'm the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. Aside from that, I'm at Pixelriffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything that I'm doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio, is at joelduggan.com. You can tune in to the Citadel Cafe podcast every Wednesday, where I talk about sci-fi and geeky entertainment with my friends. Or you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. I'm all just Joel Duggan. I'm super easy to find. I'm going to point you towards Twitch, as always, where I'm going to be increasing my streaming during the month of September. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, and the hills are alive with the sound of zombies.